Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? Welcome to episode 21 here at the Post-Sunday Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're excited to have you guys with us. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching uh, or hearing us from Spotify and iTunes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We're trying to take over the world with the Word of God, um, one book at a time. (laughs) In the never-ending story here, I am with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff, what is up, my brother? Here's what I'm waiting for today. I was waiting for a beat to kick in, especially the beat from the service yesterday when I was given <laughs> the altar call. <laughs> we had a worship <laughs> fails moment. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving an altar call. Bring your sin to oh, the altar. Oh, my goodness, And man. you hit the beat. Like, I was thinking the old Casio keyboards when we were kids that had that like yep. this electric beat that you didn't create, but you, you wanted to pretend like you did. Yeah. That's what it felt like yesterday. It's, yeah, it was. You, you played it well, though. We should be playing that right now. You that played it the well. background music <laughs> to the post Sunday podcast. Oh, man. Uh, there was a row of like 13 students. All their heads came up simultaneously. <laughs> And I'm looking out in the audience going, yeah, I lost them. I lost them in this moment. It's over. They're laughing. It is what it is. Oh, man. Uh, it was it was, uh, I mean, it was epic. Uh, it could have been worse, but you played it super well. And like we do, man. I mean, we just got to spice it up. We got to keep each other in our, you know, our toes. You know, we got to keep each other in our, our, our what, what, what's that saying? Keep each other... I don't know, but keep, we, we're going to have us ready to go dancing to the altar. <laughs> <laughs> if you keep this up, this is oh, the new way man. to come to the altar. Crazy, crazy. Bring your crazy. dance moves on your way Bring down. your dance moves and your sins. But thank you, man, for joining us and being with us here at the Post Sunday Podcast. Super thankful uh, for you guys. But if you're new with us, um, what is the Post Sunday Podcast in a nutshell? We are just... Uh, an extension of our teaching at Genesis Church Orlando. Um, we have three services, 8.15, 9.30, and 11, and we want to continue the conversations of what we're talking about. We've been on the Never Ending Stories series, uh, and literally it's all year long. We're going to reread. We, we began Genesis 1, and we're going to go all the way to Revelations um, through that, but uh, really excited to walk through each um, chapter or each book with you. We won't be able to get through everything, but we're going to try to do as much as we can because we want to fill you guys with the Word of God and continue going. But this is this podcast is an extension of that, and we would love for you guys to join us uh, at GenesisChurchOrlando.com backslash, uh, well, YouTube.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando and Facebook as well. Uh, we go live, join us there on Sundays, but if you can't, we have it on demand, and we have this podcast as well on YouTube uh, and Instagram, TikTok. We're we're taking over, man. So we're excited to be on these different platforms with you guys. Please share, like, subscribe, do the whole nine, and uh, and just join us. Join us on this journey, never ending story journey. But episode twenty one, man, um, this was good. You we 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 
kind of dove into Judges chapter 2. And yeah, it's, um, again, you know, last week we, 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 we were kind of in, in, we were in numbers. And these are kind of books that you don't necessarily spend a lot of time in, you know, your, your general Christian whatnot, you know, we kind of camp out in New Testaments and, you know, and all that stuff. So this is, this is where the, a lot of meat is in this, you know. Have you ever met anybody that said my favorite book in the Bible is Judges? <laughs> that would be the question to ask immediately. No, like, not at all. Not at <laughs> all. What's your favorite book in the whole Bible? The Judges book the where judges. they, I, I want to be judged because, you know, like, you know what? No one, no one listening knows right now, but people could judge us. Because we have a post Sunday podcast uniform on today. Oh, we do. We we are dressed let me, let me exactly get, get, like. And let me we get you. We uh we didn't uh we didn't plan this. This happens sometimes. Gray t shirts, black shorts. Yeah, I mean like that's fantastic. It was like we planned this. We did. But, but, but you know, didn't, but. only if you're watching on YouTube would you yeah. see this. Yeah, it's like we decided to try to do a photo op. <laughs> <laughs> But you got to you got to watch on YouTube. So go to youtube.com backslash at post Sunday podcast to check to out our uniform. <laughs> that's the hook. That's yes. all it took. That's, that's it. all it took that's to it. get someone go. from from listening to watching. Go. I want to see them dressed alike. Yeah, like, that's good. You know, other than that. But that's awesome. Yeah, Chad like, kind of has a combo, too. Yeah. yeah this Chad. is what happens around here often. Yeah. Um, we are a little more like minded than we want to admit. Yeah. But we're we're in the book of Judges for one, oh, for two weeks, because we'll look at Gideon next week. Yeah. But, you know, as we started out yesterday, like the the most global spiritual statement, I believe, made everywhere all the time, because people would say, well, that's not a spiritual statement, but it is. Don't judge me. Only God can Mm. is what people use that don't even believe in the God of the Bible. So I, I'm always taken back by that, first of all, that people are like, don't judge me, only God can. You don't even believe in God. So <laughs> why, why are you making that statement? And and how does that pertain to you? But yeah. that's that's the culture we live in. That's the, the way people want to enter into churches. Yeah. And then you open up a book titled Judges, and people are like, yeah, I want nothing to do with that whatsoever. Like, whatever happens inside that book, leave it there. And the fascinating thing is, as we said, all the stuff that happens in this book, like, there are all types of battles, and there's all types of corruption, and there there's all types of, of immorality. And then, like, you get to a story where a lady takes the, the tent peg that, like, that holds the tent down to the ground, and she drives it in the temple of another human being. And you're just like, this is in the Bible, you know, like, and so this book has a lot in it. And yet really as much that is in it, it has one theme, one theme throughout. And it's a very, I think, applicable theme. You know, we, we, we started with that whole idea of like, don't judge, you know, like, like I would ask you, like, like, how do you, how do you perceive that statement? from most people or, or even from your own self, like, don't judge me. You can't judge me. Like, you know, when you hear that, what, what do you think about with that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just one of those, like, it's tough because I mean, I think, I think we're always, we, our eyes are always looking at, you know, external things, you, you know, whether it's clothing, whether it's, you know, financial stature, whether it's career, 
um, how based, um, you know, I, I can speak off of those things. I've judged through throughout my life on, on those things, you know, colleagues and different things like, you know, and, and different uh, topics as well and different um, cultural things happening at the moment. Like it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's very, it's a discipline thing. You have to really kind of put a stop sign right in front of you and say, I'm not going to take that road uh, with it, but it's, it's, it's not easy. But you admit it, like it happens, yeah, right? It right. Does. So we have this culture yeah. that literally bases itself around this statement. Mm. Yet that is what everyone does. There's yeah. no one on the planet that doesn't judge because you, you, you judge, uh, like you said, a business when you walk inside of it. Yeah. You know, we live in Orlando. So you gauge every amusement park on what? on the standards of Disney, yep. right? Like, so you're judging when you walk in, do they keep it as clean? Are they as friendly? Do they have the same hospitality? You know, yeah. when you're dating, what do you do? You judge the person you're dating because yep. you have a list of standards or things you're looking for. And yep. so you're filtering through those things. And that is in essence, judging what, who someone is, what they're about, what they bring to the table, if yep. they're the one. Like, we live in that, right? Yeah, no, I got a buddy literally opening up a uh, kind of pop-up food food shop. And, I mean, it's doing well. But if I would talk to him, I would say, what's your main focus right now? You know, and, and it's his focus is to make sure that he's delivering quality, good food. Because why? You're judged on that. Yeah. And the atmosphere and everything, like he has to think through all these details because think through the lens of the person coming in because that's what they're going to be judging him by. They're going to judge him by the quality of food. They're going to judge him by the quality of service. They're going to judge him by all these different things, and so not he has to think through those things. Um, but and that's for anything, man. I took my mom recently to for a Mother's Day to a new restaurant right next to us here. Um, opened up and we went as a staff and it was, it was one of those, like you sit and you're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of like, Hey, uh, let me make, you know, let you're, you're looking at everything, kind of perceiving everything, taking it in. Like you're, you just, it's, it's an automatic thing. Like whether you know it or not, people yeah. judge us. Yeah. They come in the church yep. and they say, Hey, exactly. I went to this church and then they tell us what they like or don't like about our church yep. or their first impression. We just change the language, right? Like, what was your, well, this was my first impression. Well, to have that impression means you were judging to a set of standards yep. that you've created somehow within yourself. And so I think what, what we have to really get honest about is this don't judge me really has to do with the choices I want to make. Yeah, It isn't the fact that we don't judge people. Everyone does that. You judge every politician you're going to cast a vote for. Yeah. Do they align with what I align with? Do they, will they put into law or reform a bill according to what I think it should be? Then you will get my vote. If not, I'm judging you and you're not getting that vote. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we know that when someone comes on a church property within the first five minutes, they've already started to decide if they want to come back to the place. So they've started judging a church from the moment they pull into the parking lot, they judge us when we preach. They judge this podcast. People are going to listen to another one, turns on our, we do this all the time. Yep. What the truth is, is that we don't want to be judged on the decisions we want to make for ourselves. And there is a big misconception and really 
uh, there is a, like if you are fact checking yeah. our faith, people are like, it's Christians, you shouldn't judge. That's, that's God's job, right? That's, that's like, that's the misconstrued, misunderstood way to use the Bible for your favor. Let's say it that way. Because immediately what they will do is they'll go to Matthew chapter 7 and they'll say something like, well, Jesus taught if you have a speck or you're pointing out a, a speck in someone else's eye, yeah. then pay attention to the log in yours. See, you're not supposed to judge. Judge not lest you be judged. Um, and that's not what that passage is completely referring to. It is talking about always making sure that you are paying attention to yourself. You're looking in the mirror. Stop always just looking at someone else when you've got things to deal with. But it doesn't mean you can't hold people accountable. What people don't realize is the book of 1 Corinthians is about a lot of just wrongdoing in the body of Christ. And so Paul writes a whole letter to a group of believers, and they are to judge them spiritually and actually remove them outside the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians is once they've understood their wrongdoing, restore them and bring them back into the body of Christ. So there's judging upon the way that they're living their life spiritually. What the Bible tells us is that we're not to judge outsiders. That's God's job. And so what we do often is we spend more time sitting around, scrolling through social media, watching the news, judging outsiders who do not know God, and then justifying or excusing all the wrongdoing or sin in people's lives in the body of Christ because we're not to judge people. Yeah. You know, so like that's, that's where we find ourselves, and yet we're actually, we're actually supposed to do a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you kickstarted this. I love the, the quote you, um, gave us, which was basically like God took is the Israelites out of Egypt, but there was a lot more. You can't take Egypt out of them in a sense. And it was, we see that again, time and time again, man, like they just continue to veer off in their own way. And so one of the things that you started it off with was Israel needed deliverance from oppression in Egypt and Israel needed deliverance from themselves. Like there was, there was just a, a building upon, uh, or, or there was, a, there was a, there was a, uh, a taking away that needed to constantly happen. They just kept falling into this rhythm and pattern of disobedience and struggled with that. And so Israel uh, is to be set apart from all others, which God was telling them, do not worship. Uh, and and he's basically, uh, was he comparing them to, or telling them not to do what the Canaanites were doing? Yeah, yeah. So that's, he told them to be set apart. Yeah. So the same thing he said to them is the same thing for us today. Yeah. We are to be set apart from the world around us why people were like, well, that doesn't sound very, very enjoyable to me because it's not about you. You're not the central figure of the story. God is. And over and over again in the Bible, this is what we hear so that they may know so that the world may know that I alone in the, in the Lord. Mm. So now I set you apart so that when you live differently, the world knows why you do this for me because of me. And so that they will see me. 
And therein lies all the instructions and all the commandments that, that we may or may not like. That's, it's not your story. You don't get to write it. God does. So he gets to define what that is. Just like when you go to work for a company, you know, and they tell you, you have to wear this certain outfit and you have to show up to work at this time. And while you're at work, you can't do these things. And like they set the standards for their company. God has set the standards for his world that we live in by his blessing. And so therefore he set them apart. So he said things like, don't worship like the people around you. Don't sacrifice like the people around you. And don't engage sexually like the people around you. He, he, he knew that they had to be delivered from themselves because like us today, they're going to be drawn to that. We're always drawn to what we can't do, mm. what we're told not to do. From an early age into adulthood, as soon as someone says don't, we go, why not? Curiosity hey, you're not going to do that. Well, Rebellion. I want to find out like, yeah. that's how we live yeah. our life because of that sin nature. And so they had to be delivered from themselves as much as they were being delivered out of slavery and bondage and oppression from Egypt. So people need to know that spiritually, like you can be freed from your bondage and slavery because of Jesus. But there is that working out of you that mm. salvation does that that when when you're you're learning new things about hey I need to give this over and God needs this area and I need to stop doing this and I need to refrain from that and I need to change this this is that working in your salvation that's happening because of the Holy Spirit inside of you mm-hmm. and so he says you know you're 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 basically ha- you're you're meant to be set apart you're not acting like it. You want to be, you want to blend yourself in. So he's saying, you're supposed to be set apart. Do not worship like them. Do not sacrifice like them. Do not engage sexually like them. Israel didn't abandon necessarily God, but they added to it. They added more to what God already has established himself. Yeah, that's the dangerous place. Like you would say, well, it's dangerous to abandon God. Yes, it is, but it's. I think it's more detrimental to add to God Mm. because now you blur the lines and you cause confusion for lots of people. Like it's way easier to say, Hey, these people are set apart. I can see that they're living for God. And this person wants nothing to do with God. You can define the two. It's really hard when you start to mix it and blend it together. Mm. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, what does real faith look like? And what does being set apart mean? Because it seems like it's all one thing or it, it all goes together. Or it seems like you're saying you can have your God, but you can eat your piece of cake too, yeah. you know, type of a deal. And that's what begins to happen in the book of Judges. Mm. They don't drive out the inhabitants like God told them. God will tell them there will be a thorn in your flesh. They, they, will, they will be an irritant in your eyes, meaning they are going to do things that are going to cause you to stumble. Yeah. They're going to cause you to bow down to their gods and their goddesses. They're going to seduce you through, through sexual freedom to, to, to come into the fold of what they believe and what they're doing. And this starts to happen. They don't just abandon God. They start to take God with the culture around them. And there's a lot of us that that is the dangerous game we are playing of God and God plus God, God with this, because we don't want to let go of that other thing 
or we don't want to not participate in it or not consume it or not engage in it. So we will find a way to justify it. And then we'll throw out phrases like, well, don't judge me. I know I'm sinning, even though I'm following God. I know that God wouldn't want me to be to be doing this, but I know you got sin in your life too. So you don't judge me. Only God can. Now we're back to something that isn't biblical. Biblical is for me to look at you as a brother and say, Johnny, I got, I got to tell you, like what you're doing is not setting yourself apart for God. You're choosing God and this, and and scripture doesn't align with that. That's biblical brotherhood. Uh, It'd be, it'd be, it'd be ridiculous of me to look at you and go, He's making some stupid decisions. Keep that to myself and like, just end up where you want to be, right? That that's not the body of Christ. So, in essence, you would want me judging your life just like I want you judging my life, so that you can speak truth into it when I'm blind, ignorant, stubborn, whatever it is. To go, hey man, I love you enough. Yeah. To say I don't want you to wreck your life. Yeah. Like we don't look at an alcoholic and say, I'm not going to say nothing. Let them just keep drinking themselves into the grave. You come alongside of them and go, hey, you got a problem, man. Like, I want to help you out of it. Well, how much greater would we do that? Should we do that spiritually for each other? Mm-hmm. The problem is no one wants to accept that in their lives from someone else. That's the problem. Yeah. You have to judge it through the lens of the kingdom as opposed to your personal feelings and desires and what you might want. And so... But the major issue in judges is that, like you said, you can't tell the Israelites apart from anyone else, from from the Canaanites and how they're living. There is no difference whatsoever. And what do I think of? I think of now. Like we're in a culture now where a lot of people look the same. You know, where where are where's the church? Where's the believers? Where how are we standing out? What's attracting about our lifestyle, right? What's putting us in positions where people are asking us questions about why we're doing certain things? Like, that's kind of where we want to be. Like, I, I remember, and I speak personally, but, you know, with a particular brother, a friend of mine, uh, I met him about a year and a half, two years ago, and my full focus and I, I, I say this because I remember thinking this and approaching our relationship in this manner. I said, I, I'm, I'm going to bring up Christ when the moments are there, um, but I am going to show him Christ um, through the way that I live because this was a family that they heard everything. There was nothing under the sun that they didn't hear when it came to the gospel. And so the only way that you can try to uh, leave an impact or do what God's calling you to do is just literally be the hands and feet of Jesus and be an example through the way that you live. And so, and that's what Jesus said, be the light of the world. So light is, is people see light. You, in the middle of darkness, you're seen. And so eyes are on you and they're watching every decision you're making. And so I intently, I, I, did everything through the lens of that. I'm going to show Christ. And this day, they're with us. They're with us in church. They've gotten to know Pastor Chad, yourself, many other leaders in the church. Uh, God is doing a work in their life. But it was really not what we said, 
what we did, right? And it's hard because you want to say a lot. (laughs) But to do is, um, I think it's it's the slow game, but it's the more impactful. Well, and you didn't take the slow game, right? You Like you just said, you took, uh, you made it a strategic game. Yeah. I'm going to show, and when the times are there, I will speak. You didn't deny one. And that is, that's faith without works is dead, right? Like, I can speak it all I want, but if there's no works, there's no life with it, it's dead. And then some people are like, well, then I just live it. I don't say it. Mm. What we try to do is this, like, find the extreme, right? And it's it's a healthy balance of both. I have to live it, and then I have to be able to communicate it when when it's there. And we shy away from the communication, just watch me, or we want to scream the communication and no life that follows, and that's when we end up in a detrimental situation. So mm. it's a mixture of both that we need in our lives, and that that isn't happening with Israel in the story. No. They now look like the Canaanites, the people who do not know God, who do not worship God, who do not want the God of Israel. They look more like them. Now, we know that that's a problem in the church today in America. We have more people that want to look more like the world around us than like followers of Jesus. And it's funny because this book is like this, this big, huge mirror for us to look into because the same things that they wanted, they wanted liberation from Egypt. And we hear that and go, that's what God gave them. That's what they needed. They weren't free to go be liberated and do whatever they want to do. That's the 2023 American Anthem liberation, full freedom to do whatever I want to do. God said, I am going to bring you out of Egypt so that you can freely worship me, freely sacrifice to me, freely hold a feast with me. All these things, God said, listen, you're going to be mine. I'm going to provide care for you and show you the life I intended, but you're going to be my children, my sons and daughters. Therefore, you're still going to have to surrender to something. They start to want the other liberation. We want liberation to do whatever we want to do. And that is what we have in in many churches today and in the lives of Jesus followers are, I do just enough to show that I believe in God, but I equally do just enough to show that it's God and, or God plus, or God with the world, and I embrace both. And the problem is you're confusing the people around you. You're confusing the children in your home. You're, you're You're confusing friends. They can't see the real Jesus, because they don't see much of a difference. We cuss like them. We drink like them. We smoke like them, like whatever it is. And then we, we sleep around like them. We divorce like them. We, we attend church <laughs> like them, you know, here and there when I feel like it. We go to places they go. We enter into settings that they, they go into. We don't look much different. Yeah. And then for the ones that want to be set apart, they're like, well, you're the Jesus freaks. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. And yet God's going, no, there's a way I called you to live. Yeah. And there's actually something wrong with you. Yeah. You want to, you want to look set apart. Jesus says it in Luke 9, 23, he looks at his disciples and he tells them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
But whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Take up the cross. That means all eyes are on you. And that means that, you know, you're going to have resistance. You're going, I just don't think we're, you know, we're, we're getting to, like you, you, you brought up references, but we're not willing to pay the price uh, when it comes to our um, devotion to, to God. We're not willing to put ourselves in the limelight, lose our lives for the sake of Jesus. Like in that sense, like whatever the cost is, I'm ready to give it to God. Like I, we're just not, we're, we're not anymore in that type. We're not, the boldness is not there. We're not willing to step out and be the light of the world, the way that Jesus called us to be. And it's sad, man. Um, we're, we're holding back. We we're allowed consumerism. Back. Yep. We allowed consumerism to overtake courage. Yeah. Because we want to consume all the things that God is supposed to give us. God, give up your son for my sin. God, give me the promise of eternal life. Yep. The amount of people that want to talk about, uh, do you believe in eternal security, right? Usually comes from the people that are asking the wrong question because they're just saying, hey, let me know that when I made a decision, I'm good. I'm in, I get to stand at the pearly gates and walk the streets of gold or whatever they, they imagine in their head that's going to look like. Right. So that when I die and I pass on, I get heaven and all of its blessing and bliss. Mm. But what most of the time they're asking is, can I do some things that I want to do? And later God will just overlook it because I'm eternally secure. So Really, I want to be able to claim something and live a different way and just be at ease when I sleep at night that I'm eternally secure. Like, usually, I know they're, they're only asking for that reason. That, that, that's, that's the setup. Yeah. Because they need to feel good inside for the wrong choices they're making or have been making or did make type of a deal yeah. as to why they found God and then walked away or turned from God and went their own way. And so this is the battle that we have going on in our current culture that mirrors what's happening in the book of Judges. And I think it's why a lot of people don't want to study the book of Judges or look into it because we don't want to admit in our homes right now, it has become God and. We have let other things in, like the world around us, and we justify it and, and we, we allow it to come in. And so in Judges chapter 2, God begins to tell them, not only how, how faithful they are, but what their consequence is going to be. Yeah. And so now the angel of the Lord, and we're Judges 2, 1 through 2. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to uh, Bochim, Bochim? Uh, and he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land you shall break down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you have done? I love that line because yeah. I feel like, like that's what we say. Like we just rephrase it here. What are you doing? What? what are we doing? Like that's how we are always like when something goes wrong or something's not in the right place or, yeah. or we miss the mark. Like what are we doing people? And in my home sometimes with my kids, like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? And I feel like that's how God is looking at them. Equally how God is looking at us. What are we doing? Yeah. 
What is this you have done? How do you keep thinking some of your actions and some of the things you're embracing are okay? I have called you to be set apart. That is the essence of holy. Holiness, in many people's eyes, is like perfection. So our our cop-out excuse is, I'll never be perfect and holy like God, so I'm just going to bow out. That, that word actually means he is creating you to perfection. So he's refining you till the day when you spend eternity with him, then you will be perfected. And the way he does it is by setting you apart. And every time you wake up, I heard a... Um, I have a, a friend, uh, a Jewish rabbi, who said uh, one time he taught me all the different laws. So I'm like, why don't you eat cheese on your cheeseburger? Why do you cover your head? Like all these things that you read in scriptures. Why do you have tassels on the side of your head? Like, like, like can't you change those, <laughs> right? Because this is how people look at the Bible that don't understand it. And he said, I can't because those are laws upon the nation of Israel. He's like, you're a Gentile. You don't have to have curls on the side of your head and you don't have to cover your head. That's not a that's not a long command on you. So this is knowing God's word and knowing the commands and all that stuff. He said, but we don't see it the way that you see it. You see it as all these things we can't do. He said, when I wake up and I have to go get my prayer shawl and I have to cover my head, he goes, I don't always want to do that. He said, but when do you wake up and go to your closet and look at your clothes and go, I wear this today not mainly because I, I want to, but because I'm displaying that I follow the God of the Bible. We don't do that with our clothes. He says, so when I deny cheese because it's not kosher on my cheeseburger, I want cheese on my cheeseburger. But now when I eat my meal, I'm reminded of who gave me this meal. Mm. And while I'm a, and, and why I am adapting it, because this is what the God I believe in and follow asked of me to do that sets me apart. Like, and to see their perspective on it was like, wow, I only see it as all these things you can't do. That seems like life's not fun. He said, we see it through the funnel of it keeps God in everything that we do, our calendar, our clothing, our food. We wake up on a normal day. How many of us who follow God and we don't even spend time with him, let alone is he a part of how we dress or how we eat or our calendar during the day or during the week, like set prayer times, all these things. We wake up and go, I follow God, but I haven't spent any time with him this week. I've been too busy at the amusement parks. I've been at the beach. I've been on the ball fields. I've been out here. I've been at the clubs at night. I went to the bar last night with my friends. I got a few drinks, but I believe in God, but he was nowhere around me in those settings because I didn't take him with me or spend any time with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the relationship piece, bro. And so, you know, we talked about that, you know, these, you know, many people think, you know, that living through in this journey is just a set of restrictions and I can't live a life of true freedom. Well, I mean, whose eyes are you seeing that through? Because again, like this Jewish, this, this Jewish friend of yours, it's like there's freedom within that. If anything, these, these things keep me protected and they keep me with the right perspective in life. If I fall away from these things, it's, it's my choice and I'm at risk now. Of, of putting my focus on something else, uh, which domino effects into many, many different things. It has a benefit. Yeah. My kids go to a private Christian school. Mm-hmm. Guess what comes alongside with that? They have to wear a uniform, right? There are rules and restrictions yeah. for the setting they're in because the owners have set that. 
I can't take them to the school and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to wear whatever they want. Have they ever complained about wearing those, those uniforms? The benefit. I don't have to worry about their wardrobe <laughs> during the week, right? Like that, like you wear one of three color polos, yep. a gray, a black, and a white, and you have to have on black pants or khaki pants to go with that. I don't have to worry about a clothing budget. I don't. I have to buy it up front. So it's the same thing. I know what it requires. Yeah. I chose to put my kids in that setting. They know what's expected of them. And there's actually a benefit financially. There's yeah. a benefit. There's no complaining in the morning. Hey, you can't wear that when you go out the door. You know, these battles that you have with your kids. So it's the same thing with God. He's told us what he wants. We know what he expects. And with his rules and instructions, there are benefits within it that we have to be willing to see. Yeah. It's the same thing. I bring everlasting life, man. There's so much to it that we get more than it's take being taken away from us. There's more that we get out of this than what's being re- taken from us. But numbers 3355 basically you said it earlier but it, it, it now if you do not drive uh these inhabitants out of the land they're going to be a thorn on your side. I'm paraphrasing here. But then and then we'll move into judges 2 3. So now I say I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns on your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. That's Judges 2.3, and then Judges 2.10, and all that generation also were gathered also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. How sad is that, man? Yeah, so God forewarned them. We said in the service yesterday, so it doesn't matter if you are in our church service or yeah. not, you're listening online, um, you're, you're, you're streaming this, you're watching mm-hmm. this on YouTube, whatever it is, you get what you ask for in life. Yep. People are like, how did I end up here? I don't know how I got to this place. I don't know how this happened or whatever. I guarantee you, if you were to be honest and pick up the mirror, there were choices along the way yeah. that were made that got you to this point. You get what you ask for. So when God says, drive out the inhabitants or they're going to lead me away from you and they don't obey God, he says, okay, then you get what you ask for. You chose not to obey me. So I'm not driving them out for you. I fought the battle against Pharaoh at the Red Sea. I told you, be still, I'll fight this battle. At the battle of Jericho, I said, don't even lift anything, any weapon, just march around the city and I'll bring the walls down. He was fighting the battles for them. But because they chose to be disobedient, God said, then I'm not fighting the battle for you anymore. You get what you ask for. And there are people right now in their faith, the battle they're in, God is not with them because they disobediently got to that battle. And God's saying, you keep walking away from me. You will have to deal with this on your own. God never moves. We move. Yeah. God never walks away from us. We walk away from him. God never breaks his promise with us. We break our covenant with him. God never cheats on us. We become unfaithful to God. And so therefore, we get ourselves in a situation and really we end up where we ask to be. Just like we said, you want a real relationship with God, draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. If you obey my voice, you will be my treasured people. If you obey all my commands, I will be your, your provider. The scripture's clear on all these things. And so you get what you ask for both ways in this faith. Yeah. And we see that in Judges chapter 2, 11 through 13. 
And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the Baals, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were, who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. And they abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtarah. The gods we create are the gods we want to follow by our sinful desires. Yeah, we live in a day and time where we don't want to think that there are man-made gods around us. That was a Bible time, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I grew up in a small town in Virginia. So my concept was, like, this only happens, like, in some far eastern country where they Mm. still have some idol that they're all bowing down to and burning incense from. And then I moved to Orlando, which is a melting pot of our country, right? We're the tourist capital of the world. So we get people from all different countries here trying to sell their products, start a business, whatever. And you go into Ross, you go into Ross right now, there's an aisle every single time that has different Buddhas and, and Indian gods and goddess statues. And I've, I've been to a house where I picked up a kid one day and the family had one sitting in the entry of their house with incense burning around them. So it does happen in the cultures around us. This is not just a Bible time thing, but it also happens within our culture and we don't want to be aware of it. I was speaking to uh, Joe yesterday, our audio engineer, and he was talking about one of the pastors was saying, you know, when, when the, the, the financial market collapsed, you know, um, way back in the day in New York City. He's like, once it was rebuilt, what did they do? And you can go see this now, it's there. They put a golden bull statue out front to symbolize like the wealth and power had returned, like in our country. So we erect statues, really idols, that symbolize to us the powers and the things that we think we've achieved in life or that we've gotten or we've now have favor from again and all that kind of stuff. And you say, yeah, but no one's bowing down in front of that calf. But the image is reminding us that there are principalities of darkness always at work that have always been at work. The ones of power, the ones of wealth, the ones of sexuality. And this is happening in this culture because they bow down to the Baals. That is a word for the gods and goddesses of the culture and the Ashtoreth. And the Ashtoreth is the goddess of sexuality, of really sexual freedom. And that that same principality and that darkness is still alive today. This is where like people are like the purity laws in the book of Leviticus do not have sexual relations with a man as you do with a woman, all this kind of stuff that everyone wants to kick to the curb. God didn't write them just for today, and they are for today. He wrote them because he said the nations around you are doing these things. They're having sex with family members. They're having sex with with same-sex sexual, uh, sexual relations. They're having sex with animals. God didn't just make that up as a, hey, if this happens to come about. I'm letting you know this is happening in the land. When you enter it, you are to be set apart from that. You are not to look like that. You are not to engage in that. You are not to try to figure that out. You are not to try to be curious with that. You are not to try to, to, to just play around with that a little bit. You are to be set apart and do it the way that I have asked you to do it yeah. so that they all know who I am. Instead, they think they're pretty much the Canaanites now. Yeah. They, instead, they're engaging in, in other forms of cult, cultural practices. They're, 
engaging in different sexual uh, freedoms and engaging uh, in the sacrifices of children. Now you have um, inhabited yourself. You have you have um, blended yourself into this culture. Now there is no setting apart. And Judges 2, 16 and 17, then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who were plundered, who plundered them, yet they did not listen to their judges. Yeah, we, we, you go back to that, what they're engaging in for a moment, and then they get, they get leaders to guide them and they don't want to listen to them. No. So we know how this feels. We're pastors, right? Yeah. So these judges are not courtroom judges. They're like tribal chiefs. They're, they're also supposed to be like the spiritual leaders. They, they want them to be the political leaders of Israel. They want them to be the military leaders of Israel. They don't want them to be the spiritual leaders. So you have the, the nation of Israel pretty much screaming what most Christians scream today, don't judge me, mm-hmm. right? Let me do me. Let me be free to engage in practices. Let me be free to explore sexuality. Let me be free to decide what I do with a child. The same things that are happening today. We're seeing happening in the Bible. We live in a culture. You just you just said, Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross. The essence of following God is to deny the I, me, right? Deny myself. But we start everything with I think. I have this opinion. Yeah. I believe. Well, I see truth this way. And you deny that. And you take up your cross, so you die to that, and you you follow the way of Jesus, and you follow the way of God's word. So you have them engaging in all this stuff, and we have it happening all around us. I didn't do this yesterday just because of time, but I had I had articles where I just wanted to show people, like, this is the culture around us that we see all the time. This Just this past week, just this past week, and I could have found more, I, I snapped a few screenshots of articles in the news of things happening in our culture. And this is the headline of the news that that I am snapshotting and I'm looking at, okay? The Dodgers, baseball, sports, right? So this is your time to get away from everything in life and just enjoy America's great pastime. Draw mixed reactions. After severing severing ties with an anti-Catholic drag organization, Okay, so they're now at a baseball game celebrating Pride Night, all things sexual freedom, and on that list was a anti-Catholic drag organization. This is the name of the organization, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. What does that mean? Sisters of, because they're mocking it, a nun who abstains to give her life to the work of God, to help people, children, orphans, all this stuff, the sick, the needy. So we're anti that. So we're sisters of perpetual indulgence of all things we want to do, indulge in, engage in, play a part in, mess around with. And we're also drag queens with this, right? And so they got so much flack that they had to take them off the list. Now the drag community is mad at the Dodgers for taking them off the list. Sports Illustrated this past week on their annual swimsuit, you know, the thing that's been around, that's their greatest seller and all that kind of stuff that, that all the males want to do. They take and they put a transgender model on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. When uh, I was slipping down through, I, 
I don't even know anybody that does comics anymore, right? So like, what's the purpose of this? And you may not even know this comic. The Archie comics. I don't know if you remember them, right? I, I, like in the newspaper. Didn't dive in, but I, I'm like, I, I, I didn't know they it. still existed, yeah. right? So why? Archie comics to transform a classic character into a transgender woman, making the series more queer. That's their goal. For a comic that's been around for generations. Now we want to change it and make it more queer. Last night, I am sending my wife while I'm sitting in bed. Snapshots of this article that uh, is from, from Target, okay? Target faces backlash over Pride Collection, okay? If you go on Target, it's like 20% of the clothing line right now is Pride, all that stuff, right in your face as soon as you come in. Over to the Pride Collection designer because behind it is a Satanist who designed the clothing line. Now you're, you're like, oh, they made that up. No, no, no. The designer comes out, picture of him, like on his Instagram with horns and and all the stuff. He creates a shirt that says Satan respects pronouns. And then he said this about what he made. He said, one of my favorite and most popular designs and the one that gave what he designs its proper footing and direction he says, Satan loves you and respects who you are. You are important and valuable in this world and deserve to treat yourself with love and respect. The LBGT plus community of people are so often referred to as being a product of Satan or going against God's will. So fine, we'll hang with Satan instead. This is what he writes. This is the world around us right now that we are living in, that we are raising our children in, that is embracing cultic practices, that, and yet we'll go home and we'll play with witchcraft and we'll, we'll, we'll buy the little wick of stones and, and, and say, well, it's for healing around my neck and, and we'll play with fortune tellers and, and astronomers and, and we'll go home and we'll watch movies and TV shows about witchcraft and demonic presences because we want to be entertained by fearful things and, and then we embrace all things sexually and now we're, we're, we're a nation where people are marching screaming, you can't tell me what to do with my body. It's my body. I can do whatever I want. And if there's a living life inside of it, I get the right to decide if I want to kill it, in essence, sacrifice it. So we're the same people and judges when it comes culturally. And those people screaming, it's not, it's my body. It's not your body. Not if you belong to God. For God says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, yeah. of God who dwells in you. That's why you take care of your body and everything in it. That baby inside of you, God put inside of you. It's not your decision to kill it and sacrifice it. It's a blessing from God that he has a purpose for in this world. We have to be changing how we see things. We live in this culture of God plus, God and. We were talking about this earlier. Maybe this is a great way to kind of close out the show, just with some real application and some things. We can't boycott everything anymore. You know, people are boycotting Bud Light. They, 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 they're scrambling, right? Rightfully so. Okay? I could care less. I don't drink anyway. So, really? Um, but you really can't because, like, Disney's done things. We live in the land of Disney. People hate it when we talk about Disney this way. But Disney has been very clear lately. They have a, an agenda. And they're attacking our children with an ideology. 
and it is an ideology and indoctrination of the culture around us. And we have a bunch of adults who don't know how to live without FOMO, right? If the new movie comes out and I know that it's pushing this agenda, I still have to take my kids because everyone else's kids are seeing it. We don't have wisdom and discernment okay. yep. to not take our kids and, and think that our kids, their lives are over if, if they don't get to see that TV series or watch that movie. And, and we think just because Disney put it out that it's all clear must, and go, yeah. right? We, we're, not, we're not protecting and guiding anymore. We're letting them bring it in. And the more they bring it in, it's being targeted. The more they're being indoctrinated with it, the more. Why are the drag shows trying to go into elementary schools? And why is our governor blocking that? Because they're trying to indoctrinate our children. Just, la just two weeks ago, a teacher in Florida got in trouble because she showed one of these latest Disney movies that has a, a, a gay character in it. I don't even know the name of it. I think it flopped. It was one of the worst movies ever. And she got pushed back because it was shown to a bunch of elementary kids. And yet other teachers are saying things like this. Once you put your kids in our system... You have now dropped your rights as a parent. As, like they get to decide what to teach our kids and indoctrinate them with. We, we no longer have that control. And some of that's happening and it's true. Therefore, we have to be a whole lot more aware of what we're allowing around us and ask ourselves, are we God and God plus? Are we God embracing all these things that God is saying, no, I'm not for that. This Satanist even says, what we do is not of God. So guess what? We're going to hang with Satan, yeah. right? Like it's clear as can be right now. Yeah. All these music artists that are coming out right now with satanic imagery in their music videos and in their performances and, and those types of things. But I listen to their other songs, but everyone's got it on their playlist. I'm letting my kids listen to this because they dance so good to it. You're allowing it in. The more you allow it in, you're one generation away from your ch children or your grandchildren growing up and not knowing the God that you serve and are going to spend eternity with. Yeah, it's a it's a crack in the wall, man. And and the more that you allow cracks to keep happening, the more leaks are going to come through. And by the time you even are aware, you got a flood, massive flood in your family. Um, I we we were talking earlier about it. You know, as a father of three, I. The switch is on on a consistent basis. Um, the alert button is on on every everything we're listening to, everything we're watching. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, my, my twins are nine years old now, and they have more questions than they ever have. They're not naive to some of the things that are being spoken about. Uh, and the conversations I thought would be later on in life are actually happening now. And it's, you know, but in a, in a way, it's, um, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to, to let them know uh, that now you are on this ride. And now everything that I've talked to you about from, from birth till now, it's time to start applying it. You know, that, that you, you've prepared their armor, so to say, you know, you've, You've, you've um, sharpened their swords and you've equipped uh, their shield. And now it's time that you're going to be utilizing these weapons. Uh, but, you know, again, it's, it's, it's like, like you said, fear of missing out. But I think as parents, I think sometimes we just want to turn the switch off. We just, we, we just want to like, can I just get a break? 
And, and the moment that you do, like I said earlier, you're, you're allowing cracks in the wall. And the more that you do that, the more it's someone else is teaching your kids what the things that you should be taking responsibility for when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to even even the way to handle money. Um, certain, uh, you had a conversation with your son about, about uh, some things in scripture. These are the things that we have to take responsibility for. We signed up for it, right? <laughs> the moment you decided to be a parent, you said, now I, I need to be the image of Christ the moment they, they come to this earth and show them. You, you, uh, you get what you ask for. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you wanted to be a parent? Yeah. Welcome to parenting, yeah. right? And so um, you never stop parenting. No. And as you said, like right now we're a, a, a people group, and I would say of Christians who lack wisdom. We don't fear God. We think God's just a friend. That excuses us to do what we want to do, how we want to do it, right? And um, we, we, uh, we lack discernment. We lack discernment because only the Holy Spirit of God um, can give that to us. And so that discernment is that voice that speaks to us from God that convicts us that guides us. You know, some people are like, well, I feel guilted when I do this. That's because if you believe in God, that's what sin does. It does bring guilt and shame into our life. And the Holy Spirit is using that to hopefully guide you away from it. So as you said, my son comes in last night and we have about an hour long conversation because he, he's just vulnerable and he's honest in the moment. He says, dad, how did you learn to really hear the voice of God? Mm. And then, um, if you, if you started pushing that away, does that mean God will never come speak to you again? And we had a great, great conversation because I told him, I said, no, I said, God speaks. We just have to learn to listen. As you said, you're teaching your kids to, to put their armor on and sharpen their swords. So in essence, you're teaching them how to hear the voice of God. You said earlier, your kids are very lyrical. Yeah. Right. So that means they take in this stuff. And so it's funny because you have all these parents who are like, my kid's a genius. My kid's so smart. <laughs> and then we give them tablets and we let them watch stuff and we don't, we don't monitor it. And they go, yeah, but they're not aware of those things. So how's your kid a genius on one point and then totally not aware of all those nuances on the other point, right? Yeah. And so we, we get to that moment and I tell my son and I said, uh, the goal is this. The goal is every time you think you're hearing the voice of God, obey it. Yeah, that's true. Obey it. I said, so if God says stop and help that person, guess what I do? I stop. Someone could say, well, you thought that up. Okay, that's fine. What's the worst case scenario? I thought it up and I helped that person. Yeah. But if it's God and he asked me to, then I find out the reason. And the more I do that obediently, the more I learn to hear it. It becomes easier to listen to. So the more I obey, the more I learn, the more I recognize it equally as much. The more he speaks and I say, be quiet, the more he says, don't do that. And I say, shut up. I don't want to listen to that. When he says, hey, I'd rather you do this. And we say, nope, not today. I want to go this way. We quench the spirit and yeah. therefore we can't hear it. Yeah. And that is how we move forward in all of this. Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, my kids, man, they'll, they, <laughs> they ask why. 
And that, and, 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 and me and my wife literally feel that fork on the road. They ask why, um, certain things that they're just like, but why, you know? And you're like, all right, we're going to have to go into this. It's, this is, this is not easy. And we pull, we pull in our six-year-old at the same time, you know, it's like, she's in that situation with us. So we're not going to deny her, uh, the understanding of these things, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you were saying, you know, my kids are very lyrical. They, um, they, they, they listen to a lot of the songs that we listen, uh, we, we sing. And one of the songs talked about, uh, Jesus being a friend of sinners and, um, and it was just one of those things like um, we we needed to explain that, that it was um, it was like, hey, because they asked me, they were like, is Jesus not a f- like not our friend? And it's like, yeah, he's our friend, but he's doesn't he's not a friend of of of, of the sin that we commit. He doesn't love when we f- when we sin and we go against his commands. And when I started to explain it that way to them. Then they were like, oh, that makes sense, you know, and, and I and I try to bring it into the sense of like me as their dad. Hey, you know, I love you, right? I care about you. I spend time with you. I want you. But what are the ways that you show me that you love me? And they're like, when we when we listen to what you're, you're telling us to do or, I, or, or, or yeah, telling us what to, you know, what to do and listen. And when we listen to you and, 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 and obey the things that you're asking us to do. And it's like exactly that God is God. God's love for us is in that in that way. It's like it's he loves us unconditionally, but he also um, but he also wants us to to obey his commands, to love him. Those are the ways that you're showing him that you love him, not just by what you say, but by what you do. And that's, that's where the book of James comes in. It's like, Hey, listen, you know, it's great that you're receiving this word and that you're, you know, you're, you're taking it all in, but be doers of the word, meaning obedient to the word that is being spoken. If I take this all in, but don't show the love of God through my actions, then am I really living out my faith? If I, you know, take in these commandments and listen to them time and time again, and we're, we're hearing this podcast, we're in episode 21, but yet I can't go home and apply some of these things with my children, or I can't go home, uh, to my workspace and, and be the Christ follower that you're asking me to be, uh, then are we really walking this faith? And I think, I think we have to ask ourselves that. You, you have to draw a line at some point. So we're not here saying you can't have fun and enjoy life. God created us to enjoy life and have some fun. At the same time, you have to draw a line in the sand. And so what has to happen is you first as a parent, mainly as a follower of Christ, but as a, if, if you're a parent or whatever, you have to go, I have to be set apart. My kids are watching. My family's at stake. Yeah. My grandchildren's lives eternally are at stake in this. And therein lies how you draw that line. So I'm telling my son last night, I said, hey, like when when a show series, you know, people lost their minds when I said Stranger Things, you know, a year ago at church just went too far. And yet the producer said that. We wanted to go darker than we ever had. Okay, now you decided and made it very clear what your intentions were. I draw a line. I don't let my daughter anymore listen to Taylor Swift. Now, every parent that has a daughter is going to lose their mind. Why would you say that? 
Shake it off. Yeah, she can listen to Shake It Off and have some fun. But guess what Taylor Swift just did in one of her recent videos? She chose to use a transgender in her video to promote all things sexual freedom. She is making her intentions known now. She is using her, her platform. She is using her music video to promote an ideology. And I, because she's Taylor Swift, am not going to allow her to teach my daughter these things and go, yeah, but it's Taylor Swift and every young girl's loved her forever, blah, blah, blah. My daughter's life is not less than because she doesn't listen to Taylor Swift. Where's the line when we draw the line in the sand and go, I see your evil intentions that go against my God and therefore... I'm not crossing that line with you anymore. Yeah. I can enjoy this for now, but you put your intentions out there. I'm not going there with you. Yeah. I'm done it's, with that. It's, it's crazy nowadays. I mean, back then, I feel like they used to kind of hide these agendas, you know? Yeah. And they're literally making it flat out, putting it right, right in front of your eyes. They, they're yeah. making their things known. Why are we not making ours? Yeah. Why are we not boldly and courageously standing apart for God, saying, this is my God, yeah. and this is who he is, and this is what he's called me to do. Yeah, that's crazy. And 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 so I, you know, one of the one of the quotes that you brought up on Sunday, which was fantastic, by uh, uh, the great Tim Keller. You know, it said at this point in history, it's better to acknowledge out of the gate that we represent an entirely different kingdom with an entirely different values under an entirely different authority. Um, becoming a Christian in America means you're not only going to have to drink a few cups of crazy milk, you're going to have to buy the whole crazy cow. That's a great quote. And unfortunately he passed away. Yeah. But that's the reality. Yeah. Like we, we, we use that term Jesus freaks, right? But when we were growing up, DC talk, you know, created the song Jesus freak and we loved it. I want to be a Jesus freak. And then we realize, wait, that means you have to be yeah, set apart quiet. and different from everyone else around you. Oh, wait, I didn't mean it Hold that up. much, right? Like, no. Park the brakes, huh? There became a point yeah. in my life, and I have this conversation with my kids. I want to be a Jesus freak. I'm okay with that. Peer pressure doesn't yeah. make me cave. Do I have a sinful nature? Yes. Do I do things wrong against God? Yes. Do I have to repent and seek forgiveness? Yes. But I'm not going with the flow of everyone else. Yeah. I know who God is. I have a personal relationship with him. I believe and trust his way is better than my way. So when I slip up and know I'm on the wrong track, I come back and ask him to set me on the right one. I don't care if the rest of the world looks at me as a Jesus freak. I'll drink the milk. I'll buy the whole cow. I live for a different kingdom under a different king. Tim Keller, when he's passing away, tells his family, yeah. don't be upset. I get to go see Jesus. Only people who know God yeah. look at death that way because exactly. it's this life and there's the life to come, which is far greater. Yeah, but you're gone. Great. I'm with Jesus. That's yeah. the life we get to live yeah. from the promise of God because of his gift of Jesus. And if he did all that for me, I owe him this life right here to the world to know and see so that they can know and see he alone is God in my life. Man. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. And so... Uh, we're going to continue in the book of Judges next week. Uh, we got Pastor Chad on deck next week. He's going to be talking about uh, Gideon, underrated, underrated character in the Bible. But uh, that's going to be awesome. So uh, hopefully we can get him on the show. We're going we're to we're we're push hard. We're going to push hard to get him on the show. 
But uh, uh, thank you guys. Thank you. If you've been with us uh, throughout these uh, 20 weeks, we're so thankful for uh, just your cooperation and being with us throughout uh, these last uh, uh, 20 weeks. But uh, if you can, please check us out on Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast. Check us out on TikTok um, at postsunday.podcast as well as YouTube, youtube.com backslash at Post Sunday Podcast. You can find us and find all the content there. Give us a follow, like, subscribe, hit the notification button. It'll inform you every time we get the videos out. Uh, as well as if you are in Orlando, we would love, love to meet you and uh, just have you with us, Genesis Church Orlando. Uh, you can find us at genesischurchorlando.com. And all of this information, if you want to go um, d- deeper with us and binge on all this, genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never-ending story. You're going to be able to find a lot of the content and resources that we're utilizing to help um, with uh, every Sunday that we've been going throughout uh, this year, but also with the podcast as well and follow along with us. But thank you again. We love you guys. We can't wait to spend some more time with you next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.